It looks like OBS is recording me, which means I'm officially live. Um, I'm not going to do an intro bit, you know, because it's just me. It's, you know, I'm here. I'm a little sore throated because I'm sick, you know, um, and it's just us two this week, listener, you and me. So I figure why does uh, we might as well just get straight into the action. Welcome back to a brand new experiment. This is AJAH Gaiden. Gaiden being Japanese for side story. Like I said, it's just me here today. Joe is currently dealing with some issues with the Wi-Fi, which has stopped a lot more episodes than you think. Uh, That Florida Wi-Fi really do not be hitting, okay, if I'm being honest. So we should be back to full operating order next week. But for now, it's just you and me. And we're going to have however much time we have and enjoy ourselves. So how was your week, listener, for a change? How was your week? I hope it was good. I hope it was fun and full of you doing things that you find enjoyable. My week was, actually. Um, this week, I replayed a game that I like a lot. Uh, Mad Max came out of the PS4, Xbox One, all that. Um, same year as the latest Mad Max movie, Fury Road, from all those years back. Uh, the problem with Mad Max, uh, the game, was that it came out the same day as MGS5, which is like a fucking infinitely better game. Um, but Mad Max is still really good. Um, I first played it some years ago when it was offered for free on PS Plus, uh, and I played it on my PS4 then, and I really enjoyed it. And I was going to gear up for another run on my PS5, however, I realized that the uh, PS4 game running on PS5 is still capped at 30 FPS, so I purchased it for my Xbox Series S, which has, you know, automatic HDR and uh, a frame boost to 60 so I played through it, and it was just as fun, just as sharp uh, as I remember it being. You know, it, it's a game that really, in order to, you know, perpetuate the IGN meme, it, it just makes you feel like Mad Max. The world is desolate and very harsh. You know, all the cars are rusted to shit, and gas and food and water are scarce, and it it really puts you in that survivor mindset. You know, it's incredibly immersive. And I like that about it the most. It, it really carries through that spirit of Mad Max. It's the same sort of feeling I have towards Terminator Resistance. If you remember from when I talked about it all those weeks ago on the show, that I'm willing to accept a game that's incredibly derivative of other things, you know, so long as that game is the best of its kind. Terminator Resistance was pretty much just like a Fallout game, you know, but starring the backdrop excuse me, but starring the the set pieces, you know, from the future war from Terminator 1 and 2, you know, 
And that's why I enjoyed it so much. It was, it was, even though it was built on a foundation that was just, you know, kind of ripping off other things, it's still like the best Terminator game, you know, and Mad Max, you know, takes a lot of inspiration from a lot of other things. It's, it's an open world collectathon from 2015, which was when, you know, open world collectathons were kind of at their height, you know, but it's still so incredibly well built and it's still so, so very much Mad Max, you know, specifically Road Warrior and Fury Road, less Thunderdome, um, that I'm like, yeah, I accept this. I'll keep it. I'll take it, you know. So if you're on Xbox Series S or X or on Steam or are still playing on PlayStation 4, I recommend giving it a shot. It's well worth your time, especially if you're a fan of the movies. And if you haven't seen the movies, you're sleeping. The movies are actually incredibly enjoyable. Uh, the other thing I've been doing with my week is rewatching a bunch of Neon Genesis Evangelion because, um, as I'm sure I posted about nonstop, some fucking guy on Twitter just posted the original like Evangelion dub in like high quality HD with the director's cuts and end of Evangelion, and because they're multimedia files, you can also watch uh, Japanese subbed. Which is fan fucking tastic. I had to cop that ASAP and back that up on my flash drive, you know. So so hey, if you want it, I can I can get it for you. I can get it to you, you know. Um, but I've been watching a bunch of it, and it's still one of the greatest anime series I've ever seen. You know, if you've never watched Evangelion, you're really doing yourself a disservice. Like, how do I put this? It is so good that pretty much every mech anime since then, if it didn't already exist before Evangelion. Uh, has ripped off Evangelion. The biggest example of which being Darling in the Franks, which is an anime for horny idiots. Okay. <laughs> so, with that all being said, it's it's really fucking good. You know, it's only 26 episodes in a movie, you know, uh, if you're not going to watch, if you're only going to watch the original and not watch the rebuilds, you know, so it's 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 out there. Um, the re- They redubbed it on Netflix, you know, um, for some fucking reason. And I'm not a big fan of the redub. I, I really, I, I tried to watch the redub and I, I couldn't do it. So when it first dropped on Netflix, I just had to watch the subtitled version, but the Netflix version also doesn't have fly me to the moon, you know, which is apologies for the phone going off, which is one of the most iconic ending songs from any anime series ever. So if you're going to watch Amen Yellian, just come talk to me. I can get you hooked up. Uh, hopefully you're on a computer so you can play these .mkvs and experience it in this high quality with this amount of customization, you know. But that's all I've really done with my week. Um, if you want to find out about that or find out about anything else, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at YVNGDENDE, Young Dende, that is YVNGDENDE, Young Dende. And if you want to find Joe on any of those platforms, you can find them at... K-A-Z-A-N-E-R-D-I, Kaza Nerdy, that is K-A-Z-A-N-E-R-D-I. So, plenty of news-worthy stuff has happened this week, the biggest one being Tokyo Game Show and the RGG Summit. Um, First off from TGS is the gameplays from AEW Fight Forever. I've been talking endlessly about that game because I'm very excited for it. Um, It looks great. Um, I assure you, if you go on Twitter and YouTube, you can find some leaked gameplay. It looks fucking phenomenal. Um, Street Fighter 6 was also at TGS. Looks great. 
you know, you guys know my feelings about this. You guys know I'm ready for this. You know what I mean? I love Street Fighter Five. It seems like I'm the only fucking person in the world who actually likes that game. Um, as a game, of course. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to be playing the shit out of Street Fighter Six when it comes out. And, of course, there was the RGG Summit, you know, which saw the announcement of a bunch of new Yakuza games. Um, first among those announcements was Ishin, uh, Like a Dragon Ishin, which is the remake of uh, Ryuga Gotoku Ishin, which is also being remade in Japanese as uh, Ryuga Gotoku Ishin Kiwami. Um, for those who don't know, Ishin was this game... I was a launch title for the PS4 that was essentially like the Yakuza characters in a historical drama. It's the second of its kind, right behind uh, Ryuga Gotoku Kenzan on the PS3. Um, in Kenzan, Kiryu and the Yakuza characters took the roles of a bunch of historical characters, with Kiryu taking the role of the famous swordsman uh, Miyamoto Musashi. Uh, if you don't know who that is, Miyamoto Musashi is essentially the most famous ronin to ever live. You know, he was a wandering samurai with no master and a philosopher. Um, and essentially the greatest swordsman of all time. If I assure you, you should go do some Googling. Um, watch the Samurai Trilogy uh, films. It is it is probably the greatest trilogy of Chanbara movies ever released. Um, but back on topic, Ishin follows in that same vein. But instead of being about Miyamoto Musashi... It's instead about uh, Ryoma Sakamoto and the Meiji Restoration. Ishin actually means restoration in Japanese. Um, and it's far more historical, you know what I mean, than the other Yakuza titles. It features like sword combat and pretty much the best combat in the whole franchise. I actually own an imported copy of Ryugo Gotoku Ishin for the PS4, you know, that I played a little bit. But I chose not to rank it in my Yakuza ranking video, if you haven't seen that, because I wouldn't be able to judge it fairly because, you know, I don't fully speak Japanese. I understand a little bit. Of, I only understand a bit of it, you know, and though that understand is, understanding is growing, you know, I don't fucking speak the language. <laughs> so I wouldn't be able to judge it completely fairly. But a lot of other people uh, chose not to play Ishin specifically because it hadn't been localized, you know. Um, but with this game, they're going to get a chance to, you know, this, this all came about, uh, for a variety of factors. So I'm going to give you guys a little history lesson, which is the only fucking thing I'm good at on this show. Um, and take you guys back to like the early 2010s. So Yakuza 4 had just come out, right? And the Yakuza franchise was doing okay in the United States. Yeah. But Sega wanted it to be doing better. And so they tried to release like an American sort of quote unquote um, style Yakuza game, that being Yakuza Dead Souls, which is the one where, you know, all the cast have guns and they're killing zombies. And it fucking flopped because that game sucks. It is technically disgusting. And the game itself is just not great. Um, the best part about it is the fucking karaoke bits. They had some actually original songs in there. Um, but other than that, it was an incredibly disappointing game. I own it. I don't like it. It sucks. And I wish I never played it. Um, and because of that, you know, Sega lost a lot of faith in the franchise, um, being successful here. And so 
Um, Ryuga Gotoku 1 and 2 HD edition, which is the HD remasters of Yakuza 1 and 2 from the PS2 to the PS3, was canceled. Um, Kenzen was never planned to be localized anyway, because of a reason I'll get to later on. Um, but back to my story, you know, when Yakuza 5 came out, it didn't even get translated. It took three years of fans asking for Yakuza 5 to get translated for it to release. Yakuza 5 dropped in 2012 in Japan and 2015 is a digital only release in the States, you know. 2015 being the same year that Yakuza 0 came out, which shows you just how fucking long it was. You know what I mean? And in that time, Ishin had already come out. It came out when the PS4 did, you know. Um, And that's the first reason why they didn't localize it. Uh, Yakuza obviously blew up a year later when Yakuza 0 came out. You know, it's the most famous of all the Yakuza games because it's like the best one. Um... And so once it started getting all these new fans, a lot of people started asking Sega for it, right? But Sega still didn't want to translate it because of this other reason, that being Sega wasn't... I just dropped my phone. Excuse me. <clears throat> the other reason being that Sega wasn't too confident that like a, like a Japanese historical drama game would do well in the States. And very recently, as of like two years ago, you know, Ghost of Tsushima came out and Sega got a first, you know, hand account of just how well that game did, you know, not just here in America, but abroad. I mean, it was fucking made by Sucker Punch, so I I hope it did well here, but they weren't confident that we as Americans would be willing to play something like that because of our general lack of understanding of that sort of thing, which makes sense. You know, not very many fucking people invest their time learning the history of, you know, Japan and the history of the samurai, you know. I am a fucking weirdo, so I chose to do something like that, you know. Um, and I was already familiar with, you know, Ryoma Sakamoto and the Bakumatsu and all of that shit, you know. However, because of the success of Ghost of Tsushima and the success of the larger franchise as a whole, um, Ishin's getting a remake. Now, like I said, Ishin came out before Yakuza 0, so that means that, you know, only the cast of Yakuza 1 to 5 was able to appear in that game to take on the historical roles, you know. And so you had Yakuza 0, Yakuza 6, Yakuza 7, and both Judgment games come out since then, you know, full of new characters and new faces that could be in this new game, you know, um, but aren't, you know. And so with the release of Like a Dragon Ishin slash Ishin Kiwami, Sega's rectifying that. We already saw in the trailer that Zhao, Jungi Han, you know, Kuze, Awano, Shibusawa, all those characters are returning for this new game, which is cool, and I'm glad to see that. Um, and presumably Ichiban, I'm pretty sure he was in a poster, but he wasn't on the trailer, which is incredibly unfortunate. I had a little theory that he was the guy wearing the mask from the trailer. Um... But yeah, it's it, it looks good to see. It's an Unreal 5 port of the original game. Um, I'm pretty sure it's 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 mostly just assets being ported to the Unreal 5 engine. I'm pretty sure they're not remaking all of those assets from scratch, you know, like they would do theoretically if they were going to re-release Kenzen, which I'm pretty sure if if 
you know, Ishin does well in the United States. I'm pretty sure Kenzan's next up on the on the release block, you know. But yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. It's coming out in February of next year. You can reserve your pre-orders now. I'm probably just going to wait till like a week for uh, it comes out to get my pre-order. Um, but yeah, that looks good. Uh, we also saw the formal announcement of Yakuza 8. And I believe I talked about this on the podcast a couple times, Yakuza 8. Um, the the one that the, mo- the most recent time that comes back to my memory is when we saw those screenshots leak from Famitsu. Um, that sh- that showing it was being worked on, you know. And then I also believe I talked about it, you know, during the Lost Judgments uh, sort of release window, you know, uh, like before and after that game came out and after the Kaito, the Kaito Files, excuse me, came out about things I wanted to see in it. Um, this new Yakuza game is going to be a brawler. Uh, not a brawler, excuse me. The other new Yakuza game is going to be a brawler. This is going to be an RPG um, in the vein of Yakuza 7, which is good. You know, Yakuza 7 was great, um, even though I did have some problems with its RPG leveling system. Um, not exactly being up to par. Like, for example, you have to essentially skip like 20 levels by the time you hit chapter 12, which is crazy, you know, but it is what it is. Um, regardless, though, um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be great. Uh, we saw Kiryu with a new haircut, and a lot of people online were asking, you know, why does Kiryu have this new haircut? And, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people online didn't play Yakuza 6. Um, I'm going to talk spoilers after I finish talking about the announcements. So, you know, you can uh, tune out there because I'm going to go from talking about the announcements, to talking about spoilers for Yakuza, then talking about wrestling, you know. So just giving you guys a fair warning about our itinerary here. Um, it, 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 it has the makings of another great Yakuza game. If you watched my Yakuza ranking video, I put Like a Dragon in S tier. And if all goes well, I'll be putting Yakuza 8 there as well. Um, so that's about enough for the announcement of Yakuza 8. Let's move on to the announcement of the other new Yakuza game, the Brawler, that I had slipped up and mentioned earlier. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. It's a semi-prequel, semi-sequel uh, to Yakuza 7, starring Kiryu after Yakuza 6. Um, but before Yakuza 7, and after Yakuza 7, but before Yakuza 8. So it's going to tide us over to, re- the, to the release of Yakuza 8 in 2024, because this, like a Dragon Gaiden, and Ishin Kiwami are both dropping next year. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm fairly excited for it. I'm going to discuss what we've seen in this trailer in the spoiler section, because you can't without talking spoilers, you know. So I'm just going to leave it at that. We're going to get straight into the spoiler section. So that's about it for like new news. Huh? What's this? GTA 6 leaked. Well, that's a fucking news story, isn't it? We've talked on this podcast plenty about GTA 6 and my opinions on its release. You know, I think that Fans are a little impatient and a little entitled. You know, I think that Rockstar hasn't missed with any of their games yet, so we should give them the benefit of the doubt, you know. And this is another case of, you know, me being proven right. You guys going to suck my dick yet or what, you know. Um, GTA 6 leaked. Someone hacked into Rockstar 
and released a bunch of in-dev screenshots and videos from three to two, from three to one years ago, from one to three years ago. You know, it's in that time frame, um, which still shows a lot of assets being reused and all that. GTA Five was at this looked just like it in this stage of dev. You know, reusing all these assets from GTA Four and whatnot. Um, but from what I've seen, it's looking like GTA. You know, I really have no opinion on a fucking unfinished game. I'm not going to fucking do that. But I feel bad for the devs, you know, not for the publishers, not for the corporate suits, not for the people who, you know, control the pay structures and all that. No, no, no. I feel bad for the developers, the programmers, the artists, the writers, the the testers, you know, all that sort of thing. The people who are in the offices working day in, day out on actually producing the game. The people who's had their entire workplace culture changed in order to ensure no crunch. You know what I mean? Um, those are the people that I feel bad for. You know, we always say on the podcast, don't bash the devs, bash the companies. Okay? That's what we do. And that's what I'm doing here. I'm still optimistic about GTA 6, like I said, but I'm taking my victory lap. You know, I told you guys to just wait and be patient, that it was being worked on, to just let Rockstar cook, but everyone told me that I was being crazy, that we deserved something because it's been 10 years or 9 years since GTA 5. You know what I mean? But hey, hey, not to toot my own fucking horn, but toot fucking toot, okay? And now, the game's probably going to be delayed because the source code got leaked, and, well... Poetic justice, I suppose. You know, that's what happens when you don't fucking wait your turn. Shit happens. You get consequences. And so, that's it for the news. Let's go talking. Let's go straight into the Yakuza spoiler section. Okay? So, like I said, a lot of people have been asking, why does Kiryu have this new haircut? And before we talk about that, let me give one last warning. You don't want to hear spoilers, tune the fuck out. Okay, I promise. You know, I don't I don't judge you, I don't mind. Okay? It's not for the faint of heart. But I'm pretty sure it has to do with, you know, that deal that Kiryu was under at the end of Yakuza 6 that, you know, allowed him to stay alive, but stay off the record and not be able to see his kids again. You know what I mean? Um I'm glad that Kiryu's back. You know, I like Kiryu a lot. He's going to be like my third favorite character in the franchise, right behind Ichiban and uh, Akiyama, of course. Um, And seeing him with this new haircut makes sense to me because I'm pretty sure that he just wants to remain completely anonymous. You know, and that's why he was at the temple in the Like a Dragon Gaiden trailer. You know, he's in hiding. He's in exile. You know, he can't see his, his daughter and all his kids and he can't see his grandson. You know, so where else would he be, you know? And from the trailer, we saw that this is directly leading into why Kiryu was in Isazaki Ijin Show in Yakuza like a dragon, um, working, you know, anonymously. And we're going to see how that relates to what's going to happen after Yakuza 7, but before Yakuza 8. So I'm very excited. You know, um, I talked about it in the podcast, but I cried at the end of Yakuza 6. You know, that whole situation Kiryu's in with his family is one that, you know, hit me directly right in the fields, you know what I mean? So I'm excited to see what's going to happen, you know. Um, I'm curious, what kind of person is is he like now? We didn't really get to get a too much of a good sense about that in Yakuza 7, 
you know. I also wonder if Like a Dragon Gaiden is going to end Ishin are going to be dubbed. It'd be crazy to see Daryl Carrillo come back full time for Kiryu. Um, but yeah, that's about it for spoilers. Uh, it seems kind of minor despite how much I was building it up, but the ending of Yakuza 6 is one that kind of comes out of nowhere. So I figured I, I, I wanted to give the listeners adequate time to tune out. And that's all for game stuff. Let's move right into what happened this week in wrestling. Not really much, too much to talk about um, other than uh, AEW Dynamite in the main event. Um, I'm going to post my Rampage match ratings later on, uh, just like I did with Dynamite this week. But the one story I wanted to talk about from Dynamite, or two stories actually now that I think about it. First off, we have the match between Swerve and Our Glory versus the Lucha Brothers for the tag titles, which was fucking godly i'm i know i posted the spot on my instagram story but there's one part in the match where you see ray fenix get sort of strickland up on the top rope and does a top rope spanish fly which was insane but then he gets on his hands and knees lets penta leap off of him and hit keith lee with a canadian destroyer which sent the crowd into a fucking frenzy that crowd was dead and restless throughout most of the show but that spot got them on their feet and that was fucking insane that was a I ranked that match five stars. That match was fucking fantastic. If you want to watch it, of course, I'm pretty sure it's on Daily Motion. Just go on WatchProWrestling.com or whatever, and you can find out where it's where it's being hosted. So go watch that match. But also go watch this next match: Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. Two. It's a run back of their match from All Out that didn't really end well, primarily because Jericho got the win and the match was called purely in the ring, and not every two. Uh, performers have the chemistry enough to call a match in the ring. Just go out there with a time limit and a finish and work the whole thing. Um, this, because it had more time to be worked out, was way fucking better. You know, I talk endlessly about Brian Danielson, about how he's probably the greatest wrestler to ever live. And that's fucking true. Brian Danielson is that good. And the, the reason why he's that good is because the man knows how to work the crowd, whether he's playing the heel role or the face role, you know? And... He's so good at selling his injuries that you really start to believe that he's injured. And because he has a history of injuries in real life, the crowd tends to get like really scared that this might be it. You know what I mean? So it just it all plays into that in-ring psychology, that in-ring storytelling that he's so good at. You know, but he got the win over Jericho in this incredibly amazing way. You know, Jericho's raining these elbows down on him and he's just no selling them and staring right at the championship, you know, that's sitting on like a fucking glass display thing. You know, and I'm like, wow, that is an amazing visual. Whoever got that camera shot deserves a fucking raise. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, and so with Danielson getting the victory this time, you know, it's set, it's set uh, next week on Grand Slam at, at AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, excuse me. Um, Danielson and Moxie are going to have another match where they, you know, wrestle and, this time it's going to be for the fucking big prize. And I really do think that Danielson should win. Um, a, it'd be really funny because it would line up perfectly with his career history. You know, back in 05 in Ring of Honor when Punk got drafted to WWE and left, Danielson became champion. Back in 2014, after CM Punk had left, Daniel Bryan, be- uh, Daniel Bryan became champion. And now in 2021, after CM Punk has left, Bryan Danielson gets to become champion. So, It'd be really funny for that reason. But also, I think that Danielson's an amazing, you know, wrestler. He's got a lot of charisma. He's able to connect with the crowd. And I think that he would be an amazing person to have as the sort of, 
leader of the company, quote unquote, in terms of the in-ring work. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of purely kayfabe, of course, that guy is just a wrestler. He's just talent. He doesn't want to be an EVP or whatever. So I think that in terms of just talent and in terms of TV product, he'd be a good person to position as the guy. Um, having John Moxley win the belt again after dropping it so many times to CM Punk would just be kind of in bad taste. You know, Moxley's already wrestler of the year. He doesn't need that belt to become wrestler of the year again. Uh, again, excuse me. Um, I think Danielson, it's it's his time right now uh, in the company. You know, uh, guys like Hobbs, I'm pretty sure they're going to get the belt later on in their contracts. You know, but but right now, I think what we need is the fucking American Dragon, Brian Danielson, putting on bangers. You know what I mean? The Yes Movement has never died. You know what I mean? I talked about this on my podcast, but one of the last programs from the WWE that I got to watch before I tuned out of watching wrestling entirely was the Yes Movement. You know, after Carlito left in like 2010, 2011, you know, I started getting more into punk. And after punk left in 2014, who was I watching? Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson, you know. But then after, you know, that whole thing, I stopped watching wrestling entirely because I kind of fell out of love with it. But now I'm back, you know, and I'm going to watch this man beat the odds yet again. You know, he lost matches to uh, Hangman Page and Chris Jericho and John Moxley. And he's getting his runbacks now. So I'm fucking here for it. And presumably next week on the podcast, you're going to hear me shaboing boing endlessly. For that man, even more. So, that's all I got. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our short little time together this week. Um, I promise we'll be back to full operating order sooner rather than later. Um, if I have to record another AJH guidance next week, I'll fucking do it. Okay. Um, but other than that, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and uh, stream that new Mario. Yeah.